This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. So yesterday, we uh, take Jordan back to the airport. I was just kind of weird the other day, waiting on our daughter to fly in, you know, it's kind of weird. And she flew in for the holidays, and so we had to take her back yesterday. And, and so we're just driving up the road, and we're talking about all kind of stuff that needs to be done after that. And we're all just focused, and our phone rings, and it's Jordan. And we think she's saying, I'm at the gate. Well, it was not that nice of a call. She was at the gate, but as she got to the gate, her... Her insulin pump went off, saying you are at a dangerously low level. So what do you do when your insulin pump goes off? You reach into your your supply bag, pull out the insulin, refill your pump, and everything's fine. Well, she reached into her supply bag only to realize she had left her entire supply of insulin in Dawsonville in the refrigerator. So she has hours worth of insulin at best with her. And we're, you know, what do we do? This is our baby. This is lifeline. This is, what do you do? So we start trying to figure it out. And we know there's no way we can get home and get, plus get through security. There's just no way to do that. There's no way, no way for this to happen. So I, you know, I said, well, we'll just have to buy some from a pharmacy somehow. We'll call somebody and get them to call in a prescription. We'll, we'll make it happen. And we're just kind of praying through it. And Christina is talking to Jordan, and she just, she just said it. She said, I just think you need to look one more time. Look one more time. And as she went back into her bag, and she'd already torn her bag apart, she went back into her bag, and immediately she said, I don't know how I missed it, but there's one container of insulin. And I immediately remembered that little thing I had seen. Don't call your miracle a coincidence. And I said, God, you are so faithful. And I want to give God praise for a miracle. Not only was that, it was going to be ridiculous. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of dollars to buy a nine-day supply. Ridiculous amount of money. And I had, we thought about somebody that was supposed to fly out there today, and they're actually not going this weekend. And so we were trying to figure out what was going on. And it was just like the Lord just put a name right in my heart. Boom. And I, I remembered a few weeks ago, a pastor had called me and said, my daughter just moved to L.A., and she really needs some friends. Can we connect the girls? And so I, I called him. I said, did your daughter come home for Thanksgiving? And he said, and I just felt it in my heart, call. And he said, yeah, she's flying home tomorrow. I said, well, I need her to take this insulin to my daughter. Sure, pastor, no problem. So we connected. I'm telling you all this to get to something I believe for all of us. We connected. I gave him the insulin. He's, his daughter's flying it out here in just a few, few little while, just today. Flying it out. She and Jordan are meeting tonight. As I'm driving back from, from I told him I felt like I'm doing a drug deal. I'm handing off drugs at a gas station. <laughs> but, uh, uh, as I'm driving back from the drug deal, uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart. And this pastor just comes to my heart. And I probably would not have been in the right place. But I'm driving through the dark road, and all of a sudden, this pastor's name just comes before me. 
And all of a sudden, I picked up my phone and I called him. He didn't answer, so I just started leaving him a voicemail just speaking into his life. And as I leave him this voicemail, the phone immediately calls back. And he said, Pastor, I probably wouldn't answer the, the phone, but I saw it was you and I checked. And he said, my wife and I are sitting here trying to figure out what our next step's going to be because we've hit walls that we don't know how to move forward. And the word of prophecy was exactly what they needed to hear. So what I'm really trying to tell all of you today before I even get into my sermon, my, my first sermon, is whether it's something you need and you didn't know how it got there, or whether it's somebody making the right connections for you, or it's God showing up on the dark night that you're going through the time and you don't know how you're going forward, God wants to show up for you. And He wants you to know that He has everything in control. So why don't we bow our heads and ask Him to speak to us through the Word today. Father, I thank You for that I can testify that, that they're not just coincidences, that You work in miracles. You supernaturally move. And God, I'm asking You today to open this Word to us. Word that has already seen actual change as people have been saved today and people are getting right with You. The saved people are straightening up. Father, thank You for what You're going to do now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Why don't you open your Bibles? This may be a little bit hard one to find. Why don't you open your Bibles to the book of Genesis? And we're going to go to the difficult chapter of chapter number 1. And then we're going to end up in verse number 28. Genesis chapter 1. I want to bring you a message today called Stronger. Stronger. How many of you know that you can grow in Jesus? Amen. How many of you know that Jesus wants you to grow stronger? So Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28. Uh, we're going to read just the last portion of this today. And then uh, we're going to uh, uh, come back around to the full Scripture. But Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28 says this. Fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. We're going to study that word subdue uh, today. But what I want to talk to you about is that you were called to win. You weren't called to sin. You were called to win. You were called to conquer. You were called to do something for the glory of God with your life. You were called to live in a better place. You were called to have victory. But in order for you to have victory, you're going to have to fight a battle. Because without a battle, you can never understand victory. Without, without a valley, you'll never understand the beauty of the mountaintop. Until you've gone through something, you would ne you'll never understand what it means to, to conquer, to subdue, to, to win a battle. How many of you understand what I'm talking about fighting battles in your life? God has called you to win those battles. That's right. God has called you to overcome those battles. God has called you to be victorious in those battles. But the problem is many of us have fought the same battle for years. Can I get an Amen. We've fought the same struggles and they plagued us. But if you're ever going to beat something that you've been fighting for years, there's only, you, you've been doing the same thing, trying to move forward in the same way, but what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to start fighting it differently. You're going to have to grow stronger. In, in the words of a popular song nowadays, whatever doesn't kill you makes you... I know what y'all been listening to. Come on, amen. Makes you stronger. Whatever doesn't take you out makes you stronger. And in order to become stronger, you're going to have to understand the principles of what it means to grow stronger. How many of you understand that you spiritually can become stronger? How many understand your marriage can be stronger? 
Your family can be stronger. Your life can be stronger, but in order to grow stronger, you've got to understand what happens both in the physical and spiritual world. If you want to grow stronger, you're going to go down to the gym and you're going to, you're going to sit there. And if you've been doing the same amount of pushing for all these years, it, it loses its effect. Why? That's why you have to rotate what you work on, right? That's why you have to, you have to work different muscles at different times because you'll lose the effect. And then you have to increase what you're lifting because what you have to do is push yourself beyond the limits that you become comfortable with. Are you with me? Because when you push yourself beyond the limits that you're comfortable with, it causes that muscle fiber to break. And when the muscle fiber breaks, all of a sudden, protein in your system attaches itself to the muscle fibers. I, mean, I know I'm being kind of vague there, but it attaches itself to the muscle fibers and rebuilds the muscles. Now they are stronger. They're able to go to another level because they pushed through something, they battled something, and it caused a breakdown that ended up being uh, helping them to build up. See, some of you have been afraid of some of your... Some of you, the stress that you're fighting is just a workout. You think it's going to break you down, but the reality is it's going to cause a breakdown in your system that when you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come and attach itself to the areas that you realize that you need to grow in, you'll move forward. And you'll advance. You see, I didn't come in here with a message today just to tell you how good we all are and how great we all are. I came in here with a message today to say that God wants to do something in our lives that causes us to win. Can I get an amen? That causes us to move forward. Because we can't continue to try and avoid the things that cause us to have to push. We can't try to avoid those things. You've got to make up your mind. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. You cannot be neutral in this thing. Let me try that again. If you want to grow, you're going to have to push yourself to another level. Can I get an amen? Yes. You see, the plan to grow and move forward precedes the curse of sin. The curse of sin did not create the need for battles. There were going to be battles before the curse of sin because Genesis 1.28 happens before they fail. Let's look at it in depth. God comes to them and God speaks to them. In Genesis 1.28, he says this, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. I want you to multiply. And then he said, fill the earth and what? Subdue it. So in other words, he said, there's going to be a challenges before you. There are going to be obstacles before you. There are going to be things before you. And I want you to go and fill the earth and subdue it. So before there was even a curse of sin, so what, let me just give you some truth here. Are you ready for this? Some of you, you think winning is just not sinning. And let's be honest, a lot of times that is a good win. But winning is more than not sinning. Winning is when not only are you not sinning, but you're doing what God's called you to do. You're becoming who God's called you to be. You're living in the victory God's called you to be. So we get this goal that, whoa, I didn't sin this week, I won this week. No, no, no. Did you become who God wanted you to be this week? You see, the reason that we end up with too much time to sin is we're not doing what God called us to do. Can I use an example from Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve were placed in the garden. But Adam and Eve were not created for the garden because before sin ever came, God said to them, go out into the world and subdue it and fill it. And the problem is, many have even speculated, I'm just saying many have speculated, that the reason that Adam and Eve fell is because they were in the garden instead of obeying God going out into the world to subdue it. And by being in the garden where they shouldn't have been, the enemy showed up in their idleness where they were not supposed to be and used where they were not supposed to be. Sound familiar? He used where they were not supposed to be to get them to do what they were not supposed to do and ended up messing it up for all of us. What happens in our own lives? We go where we know better than going. 
Pastor Don, I don't know how I ended up here. Yes, you do. You put the keys in the car, you went to the store, you bought it, and then you took it home with you, and that's how you ended up right where you're at. Pastor Don, I don't know how I ended up in this. You know, you sent him a text. What are we doing? Is that truth? It's hard truth. Because when we go where we know we should not do, we end up doing what we shouldn't be doing. Oh, I just need to hurry, don't I? And the problem is this. We all have battles we have to fight. Why do we create more of them? See, no matter if it's a sin battle or a victory battle, the truth is you're going to have to win to move forward. You're going to have to conquer that thing. You're going to have to take it to another level. And so that's what I want to talk to you about is how do you conquer those things? You see, there's plenty of stuff to do. I I thought this about Adam. I thought it was interesting that Adam had 24,901 miles he could have stayed busy in and never seen the same thing twice. He had uh, 196,940,000 square miles he could have investigated and never been bored. But because he ended up in the wrong place, he was conquered. See, that's the question. You're either going to conquer or you're going to be conquered. Now, the word, can I geek out for just a moment? I was pretty geeked out last week with Spider-Man and all that stuff, but I'm going to get even further there now. How do you remember Batman in the days of the Batman TV shows on like Saturday morning? How do you know what I'm talking about? Kapow! Y'all remember that? Wham! Pow! This word from Hebrew, it would be a perfect Batman word. Are you ready for this? Kabash. Does that not sound like a Batman word? What does it mean? It, to understand kabash, you have to understand it, it's, like, it's like in martial arts having a, a move that is a submission hold that you get a hold of somebody. You, you kabash them. Kabash. All of a sudden, I just went back to the to the uh, what was it, the honeymooners? Kapow, you know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, but kapash. If you're a wrestler, a wrestling fan, I don't know if we have wrestlers in here, but if you're a wrestling fan, yeah, it, it, it's a chokehold. Kapash. It means to to push something beyond its limits, to 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 go beyond what's normally capable of it. That that kabash, that Hebrew word there for subdue, is a word that means take it to another level. That that means that 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 you're not going to settle anymore for just a being there. You're going to start winning. And I tell you, the reason that many of us find ourselves sinning is we've just been content just being. And God's called us to do more. He's called us. To kabash. He's called us. Because let me give you some real specific definitions of kabash. The, the, the first one that is to make a path. Kabash means to make a path. All right? So it means like going uh, the way of, uh, that others won't go. It means like walking uh, ahead of someone and making a path for them. You're making a path. I, I got to see this firsthand while I was in Alaska in May. Th- down near Portage, you can walk up to this glacier. I love to walk up to this glacier, and, and we go down this trail, and, and, and beautiful ferns, fennelhead ferns, all around this trail while you're walking, and you come around, and then there's all this glacier all year round. There, here's the snow all year round, but we went while it was still snow everywhere else. And so as we're going down this path, I mean, it's a little slippery, and, and I've got my parents with me, and I'm thinking, if my parents get hurt on a trip with me, my brothers, they're going to kill me. 
So I got dad kind of up in front with one of my brothers, and, and I've got mom with me. And I, I, I'm like, come on, mom. And, and, and I'm, I'm right there beside her. And she said, honey, walk in front of me. And I said, mom, I won't be able to see you. and take." She said, walk in front of me. Yes, ma'am. So I started walking in front of her. And as I'm walking in front of her through the snow, I turn around and I'm checking her. She said, just keep walking. And I'm like, Mom, are you okay? She said, just keep walking. And so finally I stop and I look what she's doing. She's walking in my footprints. <laughs> she's, she's having a good old time because I have kibashed the snow for her. Are you with me? Remember that it's important. The second thing that kibash means to bring under control. It's like breaking a horse when you, you it has to be trained. It's like plowing the earth. That, that, that it can't just lay there anymore. That if you're going to go forth and kabash something, if you're going to go forth and win and overcome something, you're going to have to allow there to be a change of control. And the third thing it means is conquer. To conquer. Romans 8.37 says this very, very plainly, that we have been called to be more than... Oh, that's kind of weak. Let me say it again. We've been called to be more than conquerors. Say it with me. We've been called to be more than conquerors. Boy, that just sounds good saying conquerors. We've been called to be more than conquerors. We've been called to be a people who conquer things. We are called to conquer. That's what Romans 8.37 is telling us. But we have to understand by subduing the earth, the earth, the earth is easy to subdue. We change the flow of rivers. We conquer them. Great animals can be caged and trained. They're conquered. I'll be in Israel in just a few weeks and, and the deserts there will have been conquered with great irrigation paths. We, we conquer nature. But let me tell you that nature can be conquered, but there's one nature that's really hard to conquer. It's called human nature. It's not easy. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 32. He said, it's better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Well, I want you to say this verse with me, okay? Let's say it together. Proverbs 16, 33, ready? Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. I want them to leave that up there for, for just a moment. I want to tell you with this verse in mind about a young boy by the name of Ike. Ike lived uh, in the 1900s, and in the year 1900 precisely, Ike found himself standing with his brothers on Halloween evening. His parents looked at him and said, you're too young, you can't go out and have fun with your brothers. They're going to be mischievous tonight. Ike went into a fit. I mean, he lost it. He storms out. We would have called it a, a, a temper tantrum. It was beyond temper tantrum. He storms out the front door, goes out into the yard, and screaming bloody murder, he punches the apple tree in the yard until his fists are swollen and bloodied. Now, if any of you had a dad like mine, you know exactly what his dad did to him when he got him. I'll just say it this way. He disciplined him harshly. Sent him to his room. An hour later, Ike's mother came into the bedroom, found him, took his head and put it in her lap as he still uncontrollably sobbed. She said one thing to him, one thing, as she stroked his head. She said, it is better to be patient than powerful. 
It is better to have self-control than to conquer a city. She spoke the Word of God to young Ike. Young Ike would grow up. At 76 years of age, young Ike had had quite a life. As he looked back over his life, described the times of his life, he had two terms as the United States President, Ike Eisenhower. Eisenhower would say that it was a different moment that had molded him. Many people would think it was probably the fact that he was a commander, the, the, the commander of Operation Overlord, which ended World War II almost. It started to push to end World War II. He was the, the one who had the fortitude to push it through. And many people would have said it was that great moment that Ike Eisenhower uh, would be known for in his life. But Ike Eisenhower said, don't know me for my presidency. Don't know me for my command of the Allied Forces. He said, but know me because a little boy on a Halloween night found his way to remember some words his mother spoke over him. And at 76 years of age, he said, that has been my motto since that night, and I became determined that I would conquer myself so I could conquer the things of life. You see, he said it this way. He said, I could never have led a conquering army if I did not know how to conquer myself. How powerful. And I tell you, we will either subdue sin or it will subdue us. This is truth. So pastor, what do I do? You need to learn the Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5 says it this way. There's some ways that will help you subdue sin in your life. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know if what you're thinking about pleases God or not. Can I just get, could you just amen me even if you don't want to? Amen. Thank you. Sometimes you may have to do a Job 31. Job 31 and 1 says, I'll make a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to look for trouble. I'm not going to look for perversion. I'm not going to look for problems. You see, some of you are going, well, is that possible? Well, if you can't be honest with yourself, you're never going to be honest with others. Luke 9.23, I'm preaching truth to you today. We take up our cross daily and deny ourselves. You're going to have to reach that place where you say, it may not be what I want to do, but it's what I need to do. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, we discipline our bodies. What's happening on the outside of us really mirrors a lot what's going on inside of us. I've had a stressful year. It's been one of the most stressful years in a while, and I've seen that in my health. So we've got to discipline ourselves. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. We have to crucify our sinful desires. We have to crucify them. That means we stop keeping them in a closet in our lives, pulling them out when we want them, and we decide, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, getting, I'm clearing the numbers out of my phone. I'm, I'm breaking the connections. I'm, God forbid, but I'm blocking them on social media. Am I preaching truth? You see, a lot of us, we see what we're doing good, and we think about how good we're doing it. And can I just tell you, I'm just going to give you a disclaimer in this third service. I had no clue with the power of this, this next point. But... but I didn't even make the points that you're going to see it ended up with, but I just read the Word, and the Word had the effect. After this point, we have people planning on getting married. Some of you are going, oh, God, help me, right? <laughs> Revelation 2.20. You see, there's the church of Thyatira. And God comes to them, and he says, he says, Jesus says to them, tell them that I love them. And as a matter of fact, I'm real proud of them for how much they love me, how much they praise and worship. 
Tell them, tell them I'm real proud of them for how much faith they have. Tell, tell them I'm real proud of for how much perseverance they have. Tell them all of those great things, but, but he says, you, you've got a lot of it. So your worship's good, and you're speaking words of healing over people, and, and whoo, praise God, and you don't give up in hard times. But then he says, but nevertheless, let's see the verse, nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and eating of food sacrificed to idols. Wow, what a verse. The word I want you to see there, and the word that really is dealing with people is sexual immorality, but I want you to go back to the very first part of that verse. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you what? Tolerate sin. But pastor, you don't understand. That's just the way things are nowadays. It's just how people live now. No, no, no. People have been doing the same stuff with each other for, since the beginning of time. But time has changed, Pastor. Uh, let me just say, God does not change. His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Pastor Don, y'all's church is growing. You've seen a hundred something people saved over there because in the last three weeks because because you're not preaching the truth. Well, I don't know how many much more blunt than this. You stop tolerating sin because what you tolerate will eventually dominate you. Let me say that again. Whatever you tolerate will eventually dominate your life. And so you're going to have to make up your mind. <laughs> Pow. Kapow. Wham. Kabash. I'm going to beat this sin and I'm not going to let it destroy my family anymore. I have enjoyed picking up kayaking. Any kayakers in here? Well, I love to kayak. I absolutely love to go kayaking. There's a couple of stretches that I really, really enjoy. Because when you go kayaking, you can, you can find those spots that the trees are just right, and so the sun's not too hot, and, and the water's just, just moving enough that you really don't have to exert any energy. But it's beautiful. And you just sail down through. You know what I'm talking about? You just sail down through there. And as you're sailing down through there, oh, it's wonderful. As peaceful as it is, that's not the best moments. The best moments on the kayaking trip is when you come to the rapids. And when you get to the rapids and you look ahead of you and you're like, I hope I don't flip over. Because if I flip over, some of those guys with me are going to make fun of me tomorrow. So you hit it just right. You figure it out. You watch the people that are going ahead of you and you hit it just right. And you come into there and, and, and you're leaning back on your paddle. And you're turning this way. You're, you're doing whatever it takes to get through. And I'd love to tell you I just keep on sailing, but that's not who I am. I turn around after I get to the other side. And I start watching other people come down through there. And I'm like, I'm like, go to the right. Go to the right. Because if she flips over, then I'm going to end up flipping over trying to get her back in her boat. I want her to make it through the rapid. When the kids and the people with her, go to the right or go to the left or duck. Because I want to warn them. It's part of the joy to me is saying, let me show you how to make it through. But there's a, a river I would like to kayak. I would love to be a part of at least a rafting trip on this river. It's called the Colorado River. And it runs right through the middle of the Grand Canyon. 
On the Colorado River, there are beautiful stretches of peaceful and you just flow through the painted walls. But there's one stretch that is a category seven called Saul the Lagger. And Saul the Lagger is the most famous rapid on the river. Does that not sound like a challenge? I'm like, I could do that. But Saul the Lagger is really, there's no way to prepare for Saul the Lagger. You just have to follow somebody who's been through it before and hold on for dear life. When you come through Saul the Lagger, the most normal comment, the average person makes one comment. They say it's unbelievable how many people say this. They say, I have never felt so alive in my life. What you're really saying is, thank God I'm still alive. <laughs> because you went through and you came out the other side. Can I tell you, you're all going to fight battles. As a matter of fact, and I haven't got one amen in all three services to this point, on this point I'm about to make, and I don't really care if I get one or not, but if you're going through a spiritually dry time, do you know what you need? is a battle. Oh, thank you. You need a battle. Because on the other side of a battle, you don't think yesterday my heart sunk when I thought, how am I going to keep my child alive? But now I'm standing up in front of you rejoicing and saying, I don't know how it got there, but look what the Lord did. I'm telling you, I don't know how it worked out, but look what God did. Why? Because when you go through something you don't know how to handle on yourself, there's one who walked this way before you who's already come through the storm, and he's telling you how to make it through, and he'll bring you through, and you'll feel alive. You're going to make it. You can conquer because the, this Christ that we serve has walked the same way. I'm looking at some of you going, go to the right. Some of you are sitting there, stand, stand, stand. <laughs> go to the right. Go to the left. Duck. You need to come through that. You're going to come through that if you hold on and follow those who've come through before. My father has begun a good work in you. Your father has begun a good work in you that, is, that he is faithful to carry it through to his completion, Scripture said. You're not going under when you're following the path that Christ has set for you. It might look like you're about to go under, but God is a God who shows up just in time. I want you just to bow your heads in this place. Kabash. Kabash. It was kind of strange after the last service when somebody came up and said, I never really thought about us living together until you read that verse, and now we got to get married. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even make the point of calling out certain sins. I just read what the scripture said. And I looked at them and said, If the scripture has convicted your heart, there's your answer. There's your answer. If you know exactly what it is you need to conquer, you know exactly what's been kabashing your life and you're ready to conquer it. Can I see your hand in this place? Just hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Thank you. You can put those down. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I feel like I've been the one that's being conquered. I know exactly what the sin is. I'm calling this one out. This is not a financial battle. This is not a health issue. This is not what's going on in your family. This is sin. I know exactly what the sin is that's been knocking me out, and I'm ready to repent of it today, and I want to be free. Can I see your hand if that's you? Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Thank you. Hands all over this place. Be bold. Put those down. 
God's with you. And I feel the Holy Spirit. I cannot stop what is happening in me right now because I feel it just bubbling. Something I want to tell you, don't let the enemy rob you from what God's intended for your life because you're surrendering to sin. Stop, repent, and start honoring God and God will restore what the enemy has tried to take from you. Will you receive that? You know exactly God's speaking to you. Something in your life is meant of God, but sin will rob you. Sin will rob you. All right, everybody pray and every head bowed. One more question. There's some of you here today, and you've never really dealt the knockout blow to the enemy in your life. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've either never been saved or, you, or you've not been living for Jesus. And today you want to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. Like I didn't embarrass anybody else that raised their hand, but I want to pray with you. If that's you right here, right now, you want to give sin the ultimate kibosh. You want to defeat it. You want to, you want to change your destination. You want to serve Jesus with all your heart. You want to give your life to Christ. If that's you, could I just see your hand right where you are? Hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who will join with these four or five that have already raised their hands today? Thank you, six. Who will join with anyone else? Hold it up high so I can see your hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're comfortable, join hands with someone near you. Pastor Don, you're going to pray that prayer every Sunday. I hope I get to pray it every service of every day. This is our promise that if we will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. And so we're going to pray this prayer with them now by faith, and they're going to be born again by the declaration of their mouth and by the faith that's in their heart as they surrender to Christ now. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I repent. I'm not going to be the same. By faith, I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, I am forgiven. From this moment forward, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that today for the very first time. I thank you. My goodness, Lord, I, I, I just want to rejoice. I, I feel something. I feel something, church. Lord, we rejoice in those that pray that for the very first time today. We celebrate by faith. Lord, now you see every one of us that said we know what we need to conquer. I thank you that they shall conquer by the power of the Holy Spirit. For when you have been endued with power, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Lord, empower them to overcome. And Lord, for those that have confessed their sin, Lord, I thank you they're no longer going to tolerate that. They're going to dominate that as instead of it dominating them because they're going to kick it out of their lives now and they're not going to take it up again in Jesus' name. My goodness, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. 